If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to our special weekend show, Sunday Uncensored. Every week, we produce four uncensored episodes of the TimCast IRL podcast exclusively at TimCast.com, and we're going to bring you the most important for our weekend show. If you want to check out more segments just like this, become a member at TimCast.com. Now, enjoy the show. So we're hanging out with some uh, some rock stars, I guess. I mean, we typically hang out with Phil anyway, though. So we're we're usually graced by the presence of rock stars. He still has his job. I don't have one anymore. He has, you, you lost your job. Huh? There's mul- there's the multiple plat multiple platinum and gold records between the two of us. So. That's a lot of platinum and gold. Oh, you went platinum. You, yeah. gra- you want to grab your mic, brother? Sorry, congratulations on going platinum, by Thanks. the way, in real life. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's talk about those lockdowns because we were mentioning just at the end of the show. Uh, you mentioned Pete Parada. And I've mentioned it a million and one times. Uh, he's gonna—he's act- he's actually coming out here. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not, but he'll—he'll uh-huh. he'll be here on Friday. Oh, yeah. Just missed him. Yeah, he just missed him. Should just stay, hang out, man. Yeah, just stay and hang out. Yeah, you know? just me and the at the at the uh, what's the name of the diner? I'm just gonna hang out at Penny's <laughs> for a week. <laughs> Let's go, boys. You can hang out here, you know. Uh, you can hang out with Phil, but uh, yeah, we're we're actually filming a music video. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 for a song we've been sitting on for a while. Have you released the song? Do I know? We- it? We've released three. No, no, I know. I've saw this the, one. I saw. Yeah, the, this one's not out yet. I saw the video, the first video that he posted that got like 1.9 million views, which is yeah, which is actually very impressive for a new artist because people don't realize the YouTube game like without yeah. having the labels and all the other stuff, how hard it is right. to get people's yeah. eyes on your music. So, but without the the big challenge, I think this is a, this is probably good information for people who are trying to get into the industry. I would say, from my perspective. Unless you have the, the streaming playlists, mm-hmm. unless they put you in rotation, yep. after you hit your marketing, that's it. Like yeah, we, we, we get a certain number of plays in the videos, but it's, it's very similar to how it works for YouTube. Mm-hmm. I put up a video, it gets a couple hundred thousand hits, and then disappears and ceases to exist. And that's very similar for what happens with, with, with the music we put out. It gets a big blast, gets a tons of traffic, and then slowly starts dropping because people have to manually choose to put it in their playlists because it's not going to appear on rotation anywhere. I have, I have a guy that can help you with that. All right, well, let's talk. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so but there I, is also other ways of, of doing this, which I kind of configured if you want to talk about industry stuff because yeah, I, I went from being on a major label you know, and having like five or six number one radio hits and, and globally and whatever, whatever, to being completely excommunicated. Yeah. So I can I can say uh, we've put out three songs and all three have charted on Billboard in some capacity. Yeah. So like the first one charted two years after we released it because you know what the fuck we were doing. But that happens, that, that happened to me too. I yeah. had like a 15 second clip of a cover of Take Me to Church on TikTok and it went viral and then I made it available two days later and I made like $50,000 that Holy Friday. shit. We didn't make That's any cool. money. Well, it, we made I charted money. at number four on Billboard overall and then in rock and I charted at 17 in Alternative, which Alternative, ha- you have to have like 10 or 20 times the amount. It's of higher, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It's much, much higher. Yeah. It, it goes up as the genre changes. So metal is like, for me, do you guys still even bother to register as metal? Or uh, just do rock? No. 
Yeah, same. So, like metal's so small. It's like to be number one at metal, like a, you know, it's like nothing. Oh, wow. Some people do it for posterity. Like Five Finger yeah. will still release in both genres just to piss off the metalheads because they're, <laughs> they're not really metal. Yep. You know. Um, oh God, we get that so much. Yeah, it's just it's well, there's melodic singing. Oh, you covered a Garth Brooks song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Melodic singing. Yeah, they're like get so mad. Why are you singing? Well, uh, uh, apparently I, I was reading. You know, Poppy. Yeah, yeah. She's mm-hmm. she's like the first female medal award winner in some category yeah, or some yeah. shit. Well, she also wasn't a metal artist and then signed with Sumerian and then did a metal record. Oh, she's right. the, her whole thing came out right. and she was just making kind of strange. It was like bubblegum. It was like yeah. bubblegum um K-pop j- j- it, Japanese pop music. It's yeah. like it was it's like baby metal but an well, American version. But that's what an they American. did. They basically yeah. replicated baby metal because right. it wasn't really taking off yeah you know i mean her i her weird bubblegum stuff i think is yeah she's not a fan of but her metal stuff or ish or whatever because well, the musicianship really like. is done by guys who are our age shedding wood yeah. shedding in a basement <laughs> you know what i mean like playing gent like if you the, take all the music away the dude and you that, put a different singer you'd still like it the dude that yeah. filled in for our art for uh we just did a tour in last year in in march and april and may and our drummer couldn't jason couldn't handle it he had to go home so we had someone come out the guy that came out um oh i'm not sure if i'm supposed to say this but he plays for one of those bands oh, okay. drums and he is nasty yeah you know yeah it, the, the, as, the, the as mu- in very good at yeah drums. the musicianship yeah. that that the bands like that require are i mean Do, and, and is her band like publicly known or is it just like a backing band that Probably just backing because because when backing they play the videos they're wearing masks yeah. and stuff like that or they're not yeah so in the in this moment does that too that was yeah. like the final iter- iteration of in this moment's evolution is yeah. to just put everyone in masks and Ghost does that as well yeah yeah they because that way that way if you if you have a singer or an artist that is kind of the focus and you get the rest of the band as faceless nameless people then you can just hire people that are available right. or if stuff. you're like me and you don't get along with people and you fire them constantly no one will notice that you're getting rid of your band member. Is Levine still with you? No. Levine. Levine. <laughs> the look he just gave you, man. No. Le- so Levine Levine used to be, so I took him I took him in, literally. Yeah. He lived in my apartment in LA. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and he he's a great guy. He's a very nice guy. Very nice guy. Very good person. Yeah. Amazing videographer. Not the strongest drummer. Yeah. And I replaced him for Tim Young, who's one of the fastest drummers in the world, and a guy who I've been playing with for 17 years. Right, and we reconnected, and and then Levine proceeded to steal my laptop. <laughs> no he's way. fucking Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he stole my laptop. He changed all the locks on my lockout space in L.A., and then was like, "I'm not letting you in your storage facility," because he was he was keeping his drums in my storage, and then changed my locks oh, until he could get his drums. So these these are the things that this is this is why it's crazy people. Shit. Band members behave like chicks like when they were fucking oh my god you know and, and then it was just like well i hate you anyway and i'm like i i'm like hey man like all i said was hey dude like rehearsal was real rough you know and i had just actually i had had um, a vocal cord injury so i postponed my tour and i was like i'm gonna have two music videos to shoot i'm like i'm gonna have tim come down and play in the, the video because the songs are too fast for you to perform wow Right, and it wasn't. There was no beef. Yeah, and it just exploded into that. He's, he he yeah. was offended, I guess. Beef. Yeah, yeah. I so mean, we, we we were talking uh, at the end of the show about Pete, and the one thing I I always want to mention that that's, I think I think is really important 
It's one thing to fire somebody because mandates and make an excuse like, look, they wouldn't let us play. Sure. It's another thing. I mean, and that's bad. It's another thing not to rehire him once the mandates are gone. He never said anything bad about him. They could have just been like, bro, mandates are done. Like, come back and jam with us. They said, fuck you and kicked him out after 14 years. That really does blow my mind that like they're 14 years. Yeah, he's been in the band for that long and they're just like, see you because of. Yeah, but this is this this is the this is the problem with the with the liberal mentality, right? Like, you know, I lost people don't won't understand this, but when I left Bad Wolves, I walked away from one of my best friends of twenty years. Doc Hoyle and I have been thick as thieves for twenty years, right? He he his his band and my band used to play shows together in in the late nineties. When he moved to LA, he was like borderline homeless. I hired him. I gave him a job. Like I trained him. I, I gave him a place to live. Like I I put him in the band, this, that, the other. And because I wasn't on the BLM tip, I wasn't in the BLM cult. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through Car Shield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. He completely turned his back on me, you know, to the That's point where, but to the point where he told the band, he was like, "It's either him or me." And the guy didn't play on on the records. He didn't play any. He didn't play on the records at all. He was my hired guitar player. And this band still exists. Yeah, yeah they have a, They have another singer. They had. They have. Uh, How does it even make sense? Because it. Because listen, the this is the way that the left goes. They ha- they're holding on to, basically. They're basically just holding on for dear life to what I created and trying to move past all this. And, you know, whatever. Like, I prayed for these dudes. I'm not mad at them. Like, Chris quit the band. He called me. He made amends to me. I flew to L.A. We met at my hotel. We hung out for five hours, hugged it out. All It's all good. I imagine us at some point and someday all of us will all be like, well, it was really dumb. You know what I mean? And I also... I mean, I still... I every, Like, everyone knows, I still love those guys in the band, so I yeah. hope that it does, because I you know, I don't want to see you guys... No, no, I don't think the, anything's dude, I, worth... Just, I don't think anything's worth being in hatred towards each other for, for that long. Like, you have yeah, to just let it go. accept it, but, and, like, that's it. My friend, did they... Did you ask them if they understood the lyrics to the song Zombie? No. <laughs> I, no think, I think that's the... When, when they also going down, to be like, my, yeah. my guy... Yeah, but there's also songs on the on Disobey called The Conversation, 
right? If you read the lyrics to No Masters, if you re- read the lyrics to Officer Down, I have never shied away from discussing the important topics that are going on socially or personally. Our biggest hit songs are about my about you know me hitting rock bottom and finding sobriety, and and not just sobriety for me, but what that does to the family afterwards, right? My my brother tried to murder me in 2010. There's a song called Remember When that's all about that. Damn. Then on top of that, I was in the witness protection program for 10 months because he hired a hitman to kill me. There's a song called Foe, a friend on that. And the actual phone conversation, the phone call he called and left on my voice message on the record. is on the record of him <laughs> threatening to murder me again. Why did he want to kill you? Because he's a, dr- he's a drug addict and he's a gangster. And yeah. that's where we come from. You yeah. know what I mean? And so uh, he didn't, he, he got caught breaking in, tuned me up, didn't like that I lived, and definitely didn't like that I cooperated with law enforcement. Wow. Right? But I was a different guy then, right? If it was five years before, it would have been the code of the street. But I went through the process of recovery and I found God. And it wasn't, it's not my place to take somebody else's life and revenge belongs to the creator, right? Like in the departed, how they say. And so. You know, this is this these things all led to that, right? And so, you know, I'm I forgave my brother, I I forgave my band members, like my ex band members, like it is what it is. Do you, you think know? your ability to forgive comes from your experience getting sober? And yeah, absolutely. I think I think look, there's a, you know, there's a selfishness to it too, right? Because the longer we hold on to resentments, it's corrosive, right? I can't. I can't be okay if I'm still mad. And I went through a whole period for a year. I was pissed off at them and we trashed each other online. And, you know, I, ex- I overly exposed them, you know, like they were not ready to go to war with somebody like me when all my resources. And so a lot of people had done things in their past that got exposed. Like, you know, they weren't good guys mm-hmm. and I was hurt and I didn't act. I didn't respond spiritually. So in essence, everyone, you know, when the war's over, it's all fair and love and war. And, the you know, the war's over. And it's just like, I, you know. It reminds me of, I think it's a Buddhist saying, like, holding on to anger is drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Like, at a certain yeah, yeah. point. Or holding on to a hot stone waiting for the other person to throw it at them. Mm-hmm. You only burn a hole in your hand. Right. You know? And I think that, listen, I, I think that there's a period of time for everybody where there is self-righteous indignation. You should feel feelings of anger. We shouldn't be passive aggressive. Um, I believe, you know, I believe that if you trespass against me, there will be a consequence. I will create a consequence for you. So you learn, you know, but I'd rather be like a porcupine than like a leopard, right? A porcupine is just minding his own business. And if you snatch me up and try to kill me, you might get killed, right? If you fuck with me, you're going to get fucked up. And that's how I try to live my life. You know, and then once once the the whole interaction's over with, I don't want to sit here and 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 feel negative feelings about it. You know what I mean? It, feelings are a choice. Uh, there there is a certain amount of feelings can surprise you and grab a hold of you, but you really do have the ability, and it takes some practice. I understand that, but you really do have the ability to look. Take a step outside of yourself and look at the fact that you are overcome with feelings. And that's one of the things Tommy was talking about earlier with meditation and stuff like that. And I meditate. I don't do it as much as I'd like to, but it's something that has really taught me that my emotions don't have to control me, even though they do every time I get in the car, right? Like I, I <laughs> rage about traffic. I'm not saying that I'm I'm in control, but it's 
I do know in the back of my mind that it's always an option to let whatever I'm feeling go and let it go away and not have to live in that emotion. And that kind of thing is something that's very valuable to, to have that that perspective, I think. Well, I think that's not taught either, right? Men, like, I think this is something that men who don't talk about anger and how to deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we spent our careers putting our frustration and our feelings into, into music as a creative force. But there are also... That's the tip of the iceberg where I, I think when I was younger, I thought that was the end all be all, right? You like use it as fuel. But, you know, at, at some point you have to take, you know, if you're, it also impedes your creativity. If you're only painting with black and gray, you're only going to get black and gray. If you, once you release yourself of, of um, su- such a, such heaviness, you have access to more different colors. You can tell stories better. You can create, you know, and you you become limitless in, mm-hmm. in um, in your prism. Like you know, I I believe God shines light through all of us, and that it's our job to upkeep the prism and keep it clean so that we can reflect refract different shades and colors that make life worth living. Yeah, if that makes sense. And that's something you developed after becoming sober. Or did you always feel this way? No, this is just a mature. This is something that I developed through maturity. Um, you know, I've been sober for fourteen years, so this these are things things had to happen that caused so much um, discord and resentment, especially like with my brother. You know, people used to. I, I, I used to be a public speaker, and um, I talked a lot. I've told this story hundreds and hundreds of times, and people are like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like your brother would do that to you, and I was like, he didn't do anything. He he didn't do that to me. He did it for me. Right. Because he gave me an experience where now I don't have to, I don't fear life. I'm not afraid of dying. Right. I'm not a, I, I, I'm not afraid. I can't like it's like I can't be threatened. I, you know, before I got canceled, there was every kind of like, you know, there was every kind of threat you could imagine came my way. Like, if you don't do this, we're going to do that. And I'm like, yeah, OK. But I'm like, I can't you, I got canceled from being alive. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know. Sometimes courage is the absence of fear. It's a judgment that something else is more important. And so, you know, having that the worst possible thing happen to me from the closest possible person in my life happen, what else are you going to do to me? What's your family dynamic like now? Like you take care of your mom, you said, your brother's incarcerated. Yeah, my father lives in Florida with his with his wife. Um, we don't really talk that much. My father was alcoholic. He's sober a couple of years now. My mother is like, you know... Um, you know, I take care of her. I just took her to Europe. My mom's uh, is my adopted mother, mm-hmm. and um, she's first generation American. Her parents are from Denmark, um, and my grandfather was a New York City undercover detective after World, after he fought in World War II, and she's never been to Denmark. You know, we wow. come from a very poor family, so I flew. I was in. I went to Sweden. Um, I just went to Europe on vacation. And um, I flew to Denmark, and uh, we hung out for like ten days. And you know, I, I, when she turned seventy, I sent her to Italy and, and Paris for twenty four, twenty five days. That's amazing. With my sister, yeah, and my sister and my mom are best friends, and you know, just it just we make it work. Yeah. You know, my mom had to go to Al-Anon, um after my brother tried to kill me because she had bar- she actually ex- borrowed money from me and gave him some of it. Oh, and I man. found out about it and I was like, you have to get help. It's a, you know, But that's a family disease of alcoholism. A lot of people think that if they have a child or a, a relative that is 
the best thing they can do is keep giving giving them and they're eventually going to come out of it. But the disease is a rapacious creditor and it does not allow the person who's suffering to, you know, take credence. We have to hit rock bottom often, very, very low rock bottoms in order to um, have a come to Jesus moment, so to speak. Have you guys experienced this in... uh all your like as, as you as you're getting bigger i mean i'm i'm asking you this because it feels like you did but the harsh betrayal of people you thought were your best friends oh god yes like you yeah, you yeah. said that already yeah but yeah. for both of you guys oh god i did so back in 2009 um this band was on tour and my ex ex-wife now at the time went to this show and she was going there thinking like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with people that I know that I'm friendly with. And I told her, I was like, I really don't like the idea of you going to a show without me because people get bat- the wrong idea, you know, sh- chicks from shows, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, she's like, no, it'll be fine. You know, you know all the guys that are there because it was, it was Shadows Fall and Five Finger Death Punch. And I'm like, no big deal. Okay, fine. So she goes. And the singer from, uh, from Shadows Fall is, gets completely hammered. And then he's like basically chasing her around the place. And then he follows, like she goes into the ladies room and he follows her into the ladies room. He climbs up on the toilet and he's looking over and Ivan from five finger death punch comes in and grabs Brian by the hair and throws him on the ground because he's like, yo, that's Phil's, you know, that's at the time it was my girlfriend. He's like, yo, that's Phil's girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. I used to be in shadows fall. So the fact that it was Ivan, the guy that I wasn't ever in a band with, I'd been friends with him for a lot of years, but, you know, I wasn't in a band with him. He's the guy that goes and steps in and says, hey, wow. and my friends that I used to be in Shadows Fall with, and I had never spoken a, a bad word about this band. They kicked me out and they wanted to get another guy. I was like, okay, cool. Nice guy. Biggest, you know, cheering him on from 2000 or from 1999 when they or 98 when they kicked me out until 2008. Ten years of being the biggest fan. We're friends, blah, blah, blah. And no one in that band can go and say, hey, don't try to fuck Phil's girlfriend. When did they kick you out? What year? Nah, 1998, because that's the year that I started All That Remains. Wow. 1998. And, and that happened in 2009. So 11 years of me being their cheerleader. Man, we're friends. We're all from the same area. And All That Remains hadn't hit yet. Like yeah. from 2000, you know, 1990, 1999 until 2006 is when the record that put it really put us on the map came out. So like we'd, I'd been you know, talking them up and being the guy and, and, you know, it's not like all that remains had the mojo where like, I could be like, you know, Oh, screw them or whatever, you know, never, never said a cross word or bad word about them. And then, you know, you know man, none of them can step in, step in and say, Hey, don't fuck Phil's girlfriend. You know? Just, just hearing your story about, you know, this guy that you worked with who turns on you, it's either him or me, Doc Coyle. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, I've had my experience with that too. And it's just, I got to say, man, it really strips your faith in humanity. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Well, the way that I look at what... Look, I think that um, in my... How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. (gasps) 
No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I Like I said, I actually li- really did. Like I prayed for all these dudes for like months every day. Like I literally put my phone under my bed so I couldn't answer my phone till I hit my knees in the morning and forced myself begrudgingly. And then I got peace over it. And then the day I stopped praying, the guitar player who quit called me to apologize. So it's wow. like one of those weird things. But I think in in understanding how, what motivates people, I think to Doc's credit, his mom died, right? When I we wrote a song, like on the on the record I was supposed to be on, you know, we wrote a song for his mother who passed away and then his dad died completely unexpectedly. And I think that when somebody is using substances and they're dealing with loss and they're dealing with that, you start to feel like everything's being pulled away from you. And I think that the band was seeing in real time because I had taken a political stance, my star started rising exponentially where I was hundreds and hundreds of thousands of new followers on every single platform. Wow. Sales were going up. So you would think from a, from a business standpoint, it would be not beneficial for the label to, to want to remove me, but the liberal blinders blind side of them, they couldn't understand that there is a, you know, there's a place for everybody and I should be allowed to have Mm. freedom of speech. And so I think he felt like he was losing control over everything in his life. And so this was the only thing he could try to do, you know. And I think that, and I, you know, I, I just. You, you started the band? Yeah, yeah. Well, the drummer, the drummer had a band called, he had a bunch of demos called Eye of Tongues. And he asked me to sing on it. And I did. I sang one song and I, called Learn to Live and crushed it. And then he was like, oh, I got all these demos. And, um, so I just went in and I he had no money and I finished paying for the rest of the album to be made and I just financed the rest of it and then I got called for Five Finger. I think the only I think the only reason why I got called to fill in for Five Finger is because he was busy. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> he had already had a really successful run for them. Um, and then you know I, I, Ivan, who he mentioned, was having a really bad time staying sober, and so ultimately they thought me being there because I had known him for just as long would help and it had the opposite effect where he was like became defiant and resentful of me that I was there and I couldn't really reach him and then finally um, he had to be he had to go take care of himself and so they asked me to sing instead of sober coach which was terrifying but you know it all it all led to me getting signed to the label so Bad Wolves was not signed I was right and John had these songs and the other band that I was in wasn't really doing well. And then they wanted to replace me because they thought I was going to be the new singer of Five Finger. So they basically, Bad Wolves got signed by default. So I so- changed the name and then added a bunch of songs to the album. And that became... Sounds similar to the mistake that um, Haley Williams' family made, or she made, with Paramore. Yeah, I don't know too much about the backstory. It was the guitar player or the drummer? I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about this story either. But just from my understanding, cause I think I think... I've talked about it with people before mm-hmm. that she got signed, but she was like, 
I want to have this, this. I like this band. I think it was because she was romantic, like she was a teenager interested in this guitar player. Well, I think they were together for quite a while. Yeah, they, I yeah. mean, like every song she wrote was about him. Yeah. But, but no doubt, same thing. Right. Bass player. But she gets signed and then brings them in. Then when they start turning on her, she's like, yo, it's me. Then later on, I think it was the bass player who said, I have rights to this music. And she's like, no, it's me. And so basically, like, that's the, this is the mistake when people are, you know, I'll, I'll put it this way. I've gotten, I got a stern warning from a good friend of mine who's also famous who said that the mistake a lot of these people make is two, two things. Like you're, you're rising, you're, you're a rising star, and then you think that your friends are also capable of, of handling what you're handling, and you bring them with you, and now you've taken someone who doesn't know how to handle it and put them next to the brightest star in the sky. When yeah. I got back to doing all that remains stuff after doing the five finger death punch tours, the shows, uh, Jason Costa, our drummer, uh, asked me, he's like, Hey, do you think that we can get to where they are? And I just looked at him. I said, no, cause, cause there are people in the band that will not do what the people in five finger death punch have done. Yeah. Just will. Yeah. I know you guys won't do it. I know that, you know, this person won't do this, this person won't do this. And it doesn't happen without all the people involved saying whatever needs to happen to reach yeah. the next level will do. Whatever it takes. Yep. But you force someone who has no experience with... So actually, I'll, I'll put it this way. I was talking to somebody about, you know, what we're doing with rotational coasts and stuff. And they were like, whatever you do, just make sure the people who go on the show have experience with the press. Because if you get somebody who doesn't, who hasn't dealt with it, who doesn't know what they're going to do, those people are going to fucking lose their minds. Mm -hmm. You know? And so I'm like, I think all of us have experience with the press. And that, and oh, that, oh yes! At oh, least yes. knows what it is and what it means to yeah. sit in the, sit in a chair, and so I just this was like a warning I got a while ago. Like, yeah, man, there's you know, you bring people like someone comes to you, and I'm just saying it's kind of what it sounds like. This is what you remind what it reminded me of when I when I was reading about the Paramore stuff. Mm -hmm. She's the talent. She says, "I like these people. Let's bring them on board." Mm -hmm. They 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 lose it. They can't handle. It. They get angry. They're entitled. They're deserving. I guess her bass player sued her, saying he was he owned ownership of a bunch of the music, and she was like, "You're an employee of a corporation. It is my company. I'm signed. Yeah. You play bass for me." They yeah. don't understand that. That they don't understand that, right? And in in our case, the drummer and I were were co-owners, but he was also, you know, he, he was. I don't know where the where the source of John's resentment toward me started because he's apolitical, but there were things were happening where we would go places and people recognize me and hand him their phone. And I'd be like, that's a guy, he's the drummer. And they're like, Oh cool. Like, can you take a picture of us? <laughs> that's and the, it, and the that's drummer's the, curse. The drummer's, the drummer's curse. curse. But drummers a, and bass players, but man. There's a thing though. There's plenty of drummers and bass players who are celebrities, right? Like sure. five finger death mm -hmm. punch. Chris Kale is a celebrity. Jeremy Spencer was celebrity. Like, you know, who was Zeppelin's drummer? Bonham? John Bonham. I, everybody, yeah. yeah. Everybody John, Bonham. John Bonham. So, so the so it, Tommy Lee is one of the is the most famous guy in Motley Crue by oh, far. Yep. Right. But it's about are you doing are like you know if you don't do press if you let yourself go if you are awkward if you're fat if you don't want to be around people if you're under the influence like there's many things that go into why you're not you're not being present or in the public eye. Or, or if you just reject that and don't want anything to do with it, you can't be mad at the other people who have to pick up the slack, right? I had to do almost a hundred interviews 
a year for two years that we were to almost three years because no one else could do press. And then people would be mad at me when you're the face. And of I'm man. like, well, you, well, you do it. They're like, well, what do I talk about? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. They're like, well, this, you know, well, you, ever, you ever see uh, almost famous? Yeah, of course. It's like the scene where the t-shirts come in and it's like, yeah, he's the in the guitar front. player with mystique. Yeah. Everyone's kind of blurry and faded in the background. They're like, what is this? Like, guys, I didn't do this. And they'll get mad at him. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I didn't make this. Like, I'm not trying to be in front of you guys. People yeah. people talk about L- this thing called LSD, lead singer disease. And there it is true. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a it thing is true sure. and it is real. But that doesn't change the fact that when people go to see a band, they're associating the front person as yep. the band. Right. Mm-hmm. There are very few bands where the front guy is where the singer is not the front guy. This band called Killswitch Engage comes to mind. The guitar yeah, player true. Adam. He yeah. is the front guy. Yeah. Doesn't matter who their singer is, Adam can Adam can hold it down. Most bands can't. He has a thing. He does. Right? He does. He's like, he has the I, call, I call him the Andy Kaufman of metal. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Because he, he <laughs> is. He's on a, he's on, not only can he just literally write an entire album, everything, the whole yep. thing by himself. Yep. He's like a mastermind. On stage, he's like. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol. Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. He's like a, like, you're like, what the fuck is going on? He's got a cape on. He's a clown. And Daisy Dukes, and he's like super serious, but then he's not, and you're like... And he executes flawlessly. Yeah. With uh, a fallout boy. Pete Wentz was the bass player. Yeah. He was the front mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Well, he was he, a heartthrob, yeah. Marketable. Yeah. They were like, he's the guy to go for. And then there was, a, I don't know if you guys ever heard of the band Jellyfish. Mm-mm. Early 90s. And the drummer was the lead singer. Oh, uh, yeah. And okay. it was just, I'm sorry, dude. It's it, weird. This is a bad idea. Yeah. Because he can just sing, he can get a drummer. Yeah. And so they tried putting him in on the stage in the front with a stand-up drum kit yeah. while he sang and played and i'm like just half the guys i mean i was a little kid at the time but watching this stuff as i'm older i'm like that's a ridiculous thing to do. like Soundgarden, you know chris cornell was the drummer right. and then he was like i, I have this voice nothing that, that's, nothing that's more okay. nothing more uh johnny hawkins amazing singer he was the drummer yeah so, uh, he uh, taught uh, himself how to sing so fallout boy's story was uh, Patrick Stump, they asked him to play drums. And when he played drums and they were trying out vocalists, he sang and they were like, holy shit, you sing instead. Yeah. We'll get a different drummer. And they got, I think the guy's name was Andy, Andy something. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, Andy's, Andy's extremely left and it's heartbreaking. Oh, really? We did a tour with, we did a tour with, uh, the damn things, which is a band that Andy played drums in, and oh, super yeah, yeah. nice, like nicest guy ever. But he's extremely antifa, and I'm just like, oh, you're. I got a, I got a funny con by them. I got a funny story for you guys. Just last thing, uh, you ever hear of the band the Hush Sound? But I, I, they're not particularly. I don't, I don't know if this is offensive to the band members, but they're not particularly famous. But they, they do uh, small shows and they sell out. But uh, they were, on, they, they toured with like Fallout Boy. They were on Decadence, so mm-hmm. they were in that. Sphere and they had three albums that came out through them, Filled by Ramen, Decadence, or whatever. And so uh, when I was in Denver, I was at like a Best Buy or something, and I bought some CDs. And 
I bought like Death Cab for Cutie because I was a big fan of theirs. And then I remember my, seeing on MySpace this band Hush Sound. And then I was like, it was like, I don't know, I don't know how you describe it, but the one chick Greta sings and plays piano, and then there's a the guitar player and singer, and it was like dual male female vocals. Mm. So I grabbed their new album. I'm driving back from Denver to Chicago after living there for a little bit, and I have only two CDs, so I'm just spam blasting these these bands. One day I'm at the Metro. You know the Metro in Chicago, I mm-hmm. imagine. Yep. And I'm in the bathroom washing my hands, and then Bob, the guitar player, walks up to my left, starts washing his hands, and then I dry my hands, and I look over, and I'm like, are you Bob from the Hush Sound? And he's like, yeah. And like they were doing big tours, so he's, he's a moderately famous guy at the, at the time. For, for you know, They were doing like the Honda Civic Tour and all that stuff. As I'm leaving, I see him outside. So I talk to him for a little bit, and I'm like, yeah, dude, I, I got your guys' album, Like Vines, is really good. I Like every single song, I think it's fantastic. And then we just shot the shit, me and a couple other people. That's it. I left. Didn't see him. Met the guy. How cool was that? Met a guy in the bathroom. Like a year or two later, I'm, when I moved to L.A., I'm living in Koreatown. You guys know where Larchmont is? Yeah. So I'm walking down. It's like right by Paramount or something like that. And everybody yes. drinks coffee, all yeah. the rich people. Yeah. I'm walking down my street and motherfucker is walking the exact same direction with his dog. And right when we get to the corner, I stop and I'm like, Bob? And he's like, oh, you're Tim. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I was like, I met you that one time. He's like, yeah, yeah, at the Metro. And I was like, you remember who I am? And he's like, yeah. That's cool. He's like, where are you going? I'm, I'm going to Larchmont for coffee. So am I. And now I'm friends with the guy. He's cool though. That's awesome. Now, now, he, now he runs like a dog walking thing. That's and, uh, But he's not crazy, or he, he, you know, he's he's a chill, normal dude. Yeah. So I, I, you know, messaged him recently, and he's That's like, cool. "What up, dude? Congrats, congrats on your music. I'm checking it out." So it's cool to see, you know, he found success. He's chill. He's happy. Yeah. That's rad. Yeah. But he plays in a band with one. I, I don't know if he still does with the guys from One Republic or something like that. Okay. Yeah. They have like some crazy brand. Anyway, that was my story. I thought it was funny. In LA, you never can tell. Like, I mean, if he still plays music, you never can tell if he's if he's playing with someone and just something hits, and next thing you know, he's on some fucking gigantic tour or whatever. You know. You know, I don't. I don't. I think he's just doing his own thing for the most part, like in playing music. I'm not sure he's really pursuing it. I know that he's got like a dog walking business, but I will say this for for Bob. I like. His music was so good, I, for the life of me, couldn't understand why it wasn't bigger, why they didn't make it. Because, yeah. like, I, I started listening to their music again. I'm like, it's just so fucking good. Because it costs money. It yeah. costs yeah. money to, to you, the, the cost of exposure, right? Like, mm-hmm. And that's, that's the thing. Like, what I, you know, what I've had to deal with leaving my former band is that, you know, I, got a, I have a music video on YouTube that has 450 million views alone. Right, and it's like billions of streams, all like global. Damn. I got more platinum and gold records. Like I don't got, I don't even have them. They're literally in my friend's garage <laughs> in Arizona. I got, and, a, uh, I got to send for those. Yeah, I'll send you one. No, no, I got a gold YouTube plaque. We use as a window. Oh, nice window stopper, just sitting on the ground. <laughs> yeah, but but it's but it's like you know, the the reset button of like how you know like I I just I recently had, um, I spent a lot of money at Metaverse talking upwards of tens of thousands of dollars to get my my instagram profile reinstated um so it was it was hacked it was an external hack and they said there was only eight people could have done it and that it probably cost upwards of a hundred thousand dollars to have my profile deleted and i'm like the only person i know who could afford to do that and who needs to do that i know who who it is and so um it took two weeks they were like we're gonna Basically, they acid washed the metadata from my profile to make sure that I could never have it again because I had almost 400,000 real fans on there who 
paid for concert tickets. I sold out my entire tour with no radio promotion, no anything, just from the the power of my Instagram. And so, you know, there's this, it's the pettiness of like, if I can't have you, no one will. And that's what the slave industry of the music industry is about. People don't, and people don't want to talk about this in a way that's productive, but the reality is like, for example, Kanye West said like ridiculousness shit, right? So his his whole anti-Semitic thing was ridiculous. And I had a I have an issue with it because my stepfather, rest in peace, was a wonderful Jewish man, right? And I grew up going to school with people who are Jewish and I have friends who are Jewish and it's not just because uh, someone from a record label has a last name, it doesn't represent right. the whole of a race of people. And what neat what but what there is a problem is is that within the music industry and the entertainment industry amongst all races of the you know 100 millionaires plus the 100 million guys plus up to billionaires they're all unilaterally in this on the same tip so if you piss one of them off regardless of whatever their whatever their belief system is or their race or whatever you're fucked yeah. and then they also control the media and people are like oh how's up because the the outlets no longer can survive off print sales. So they have to pay for it in advertising on their websites. And so yep. who pays for the, the big dollars to advertise on the websites? Who's paying for the pieces to be written? The labels that have the money. How do I know this? Because how do you think that my band became the most famous fucking band in 2018 from thin air? You know, it helped that we had a multi-platinum hit song, but everything that else that generates around this is controlled. You know what everybody tells us? With every project we try doing, book, music, or otherwise, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to help you. We're going to make it all work. Here's what we're going to do. And then the very last thing they say is, now all you got to do is promote it on your show. And it's like, I get it. You think, like, that's, and so this is why we, 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 we got books that are coming out. Mm-hmm. And then these companies are like, yeah, yeah, we can do all these things for you. And then when you promote it on your show, we'll get sales. And I'm like, well, then what the fuck do I sign with you for? Mm-hmm. Well, you don't need to. That's the right. whole point. You know, and it's like, I, like, even, even with, even without my Instagram page, right? My my, I'm on my third or fourth page. I got like 185,000 followers, right? Which is nothing. And um, but with TikTok, I never had a TikTok, so there's nothing to go after. One post on TikTok, and I got 300,000 followers. Damn. Right. And so, and then also, what people need to understand in our space is how valuable email lists are. Right, so I I collect yep. emails. So I if I have a tour if I have a tour going out, it's going out to fifty thousand people. Period. Yeah. In the emails, and I have a seventy percent opening rate. And right? advertisers will pay like crazy oh, yeah. for your email list. Oh, it's yeah. insane yeah. how much money you can make off that. I didn't. I haven't even sold it because I I won't do that to my fans. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. literally won't. So if you notice, anybody who follows me knows that you're not going to get any spam yeah. from any any affiliate. You know email, what I mean? email lists are like the, such a big deal nowadays. Yeah. Like people have yeah. people don't realize how 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 effective an email list is, mm-hmm. especially if you can get emails that people open. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you have to circumvent the social media gatekeepers now, right? So so it's very easy. Uh, because especially people who like us will, will be censored in certain places yeah. and people are invested and they want to get the information, the email list becomes your whole life. And then, totally. so now you can't be canceled. So they can delete everything. They could take me down. They can kick me off radio. They could blacklist me. But I, po- I email everyone, hey, my new album comes out on Friday. 
and then I'm number three on iTunes, right? Yeah. So Five Fingers number one, I Prevails number two, Tommy Vex is number three. Right. That's why we do this. Mm-hmm. This is our shield from the censorship and all that. This is the members only. Point yeah. of the camera. Well, man, we've uh, we went a little bit over, but uh, this has been a blast. Thanks for hanging out and talking about all this stuff. It's enlightening. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Yeah, appreciate it. And to everybody who is a member, you're keeping us up and running. I mean, this is the principal way we, we run the show. So thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.